Screenwriters Collective. Yeah. Tonight, one night only. One night. The first annual Baron's Haunted Castle. Castle. We're going to bring you yep. the monsters from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. Zombies. Yeah. We're gonna talk Carrie. Carrie. Giveaways. Giveaways. Some jokes. Jokes. And fun and games. Yeah. I am the Baron, and this is my butler hen. Hey, how's it going? All right. First, I would like to bring out two guests. Yeah. Yeah, I, Bear, I just want to thank you very much for uh, finally giving me a voice on the show. I think it's a uh, thank you for bringing me on and allowing me to participate in this uh, wonderful endeavor. It's, it's my pleasure, Henry. Thank, thanks. I feel like I've graduated. You, know? you have, in a way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You look different. I feel different. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right, let's bring out our first guest time. Okay. Okay, we have Talia and Denise, and they are here to talk about zombies with us. Oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Talia and Denise, walk this way. Get it? Get it. Uh, <laughs> I, like, well, you can see them, they'd be like walking funny. <laughs> and why don't you get the ladies a drink? Oh, all right. Okay. Ladies, welcome to the Baron's Haunted Castle. Hi. So what do you have to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to be going through the 10 epic zombie kills. The 10 epic zombie kills. Of all time. Uh, this is going back to the very beginning of all zombie films. Yes. American? Anything. It could be, be from anywhere. We do, we do have Exciting. more international films as well. Before you start, can you tell us what makes an epic zombie kill? Is it the unique? Blood. Blood. You know, blood. Grizzly. It's different. It's unique. You know, there's so many sledgehammers to the head you can see. Yeah, yeah it does yeah. get a little tiring after a while to see a lot yeah. of head kills. Yeah. Yeah. So we try to find more unique ways to kill a zombie. Okay. Good. Using, you know, regular household products as weapons. Oh. That's a plus. Creative. Delicious. Yes. Yeah. What would be a what would be a, a sort of um mediocre zombie killer. Give us an example of a zombie kill where you would go, meh. I mean, besides sledgehammer, you know, like even me, more mediocre than that. A knife to chopping the head off. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so boring. Just Decapitation. General blow to the head. Yeah. 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 Jane Mansfield you sort of wrote the last chapter in Decapitation. <laughs> I don't, I don't even, what is that? Yeah, Alright, let's go ahead with your list. We're going to do um, a top 10 list yeah. of our top 10 epic zombie kills. What nice. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, where's David? Oh, who? David Negron, the don't, guy. Don't worry about David Negron. Don't worry about David Negron. Isn't, isn't he the, Good the host? I got an email from David saying that this was a podcast we're going to do with Yeah, I wouldn't worry so much about David Negron. Just uh, get right to the zombie thing. Yeah. We'll talk David Negron uh, later. Yeah. No need to worry about him. He's safe. Doing? David's he's safe. Running, he's running a little late in the dunk. Dun, sorry. He's running a little late. I'm sorry. 
He's, I don't, he's a, the, the, Henry, I'm sorry. What are you doing? Well, I didn't want, you told me not to mention the dungeon, and I just... You just mentioned it again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, he's in a dungeon. How's that? Okay. You Getting know what? Safe. What are you going to do about that? We're going to okay? take our zombie list and we're going to leave. This is an issue. This is, this whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay. Ladies. Ladies. Okay, Ladies. all right. Hold on. Henry. We can put him back in the thing. I don't Come on. Why does he have to be This is the Baron's castle. You have all the control, man. This is your show. Yeah, you got to be more generous. He, he's been talking, talking, talking. It's Baron's show. You do this. The Great Pumpkin's going to plant a huge pile of candy in your heart. Give everybody what they want. You're bigger than him. You can do this. I can do this. You're the master. Henry. Master this show, master. Go get David. Okay, ladies. Baron, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the, the show. I'm sorry. I only gave you three minutes. That's just. I need some water. Blood. That's blood under the bridge, Dave. I need some. It's blood under the bridge. Food, and it's really dark down yeah. there. It's you're here now, aren't you? Yeah. You're here. Please. That's the important thing. Just don't put me back in the dungeon. You don't have to go back. I don't want to go back in there. Let's just see how this goes. I'll just. I'll be funny, and I. Yeah, but it's your. Sh- you want to run the show? No, but not too funny. Yeah, not but not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll do, we want you to be funny, but then funny. when it we make this gesture. Like two right. and a half men funny. You talk about scripts. I can talk but about like, scripts. I can do... Without Charlie Sheen. Like, All right. post Charlie Sheen. I'm not the Charlie Sheen. You're the Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Right. Okay, exactly. you're the Charlie Sheen. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yes. There's only one Sheen. Okay, got it. I mean, there's three Sheen. There's Martin Sheen. Henry. There's Emilio uh, Estevez. Henry, Henry, you're getting People hysterical. forget about him. Henry. Okay, and there's Charlie, but there's only one Charlie Sheen. You're getting hysterical. Baron, okay. Baron, you, your butler knows a lot more about film than you do. That's, that's a matter of... Oh, it's a TV. It's a matter of... Butler, I'm very impressed with you. Because I like <laughs> hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, Apocalypse <laughs> Now and Redux is <laughs> yeah. a great film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we man. could be here all night. I'm sorry, Barry. I, I was doing it again. Yeah. Hold that. See, this is what I meant. You bring David up, all these ideas, talk, 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 talk. Yeah, but he's... No, you're right. You're all right, right. Talk, 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 talk. Let's get to our guests. Talia, Denise. Okay. Tell us. Wait, is David okay? I'm David's okay. fine. He's, you David? can see he's fine. Yeah, he's unharmed. He's I'm unmarked. Just Hello. I'm bleeding a little from Ble- from where? You were bleeding when we picked the you shackles, up. Shackles, Baron. You were bleeding. We picked him up on Second Avenue. He was bleeding. He's fine. Is this okay? It's true. He fell. I, mean, yeah. I think fell. you guys. I think you guys just should do what the Baron says. Can someone get David? Okay. Let's just do. do let's says. just. Please, for the love of God. All right. Before he gets the cane. I want to talk about some films tonight. No more okay? cane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, so maybe you won't have to deal with an actual zombie infestation this Halloween, but you'll probably have to deal with a zombie invasion because they're everywhere. With books, apps, TV, and cell phone ads. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting a little tired of the undead, we've put together a top ten list of scenes Sure to bring your love for zombie movies back from the dead. And I'm going to start with that zombie versus shark fight in Lucio Fulci's film, Zombie 2. Yeah, that's that Italian film where a scuba diver encounters one of the most significant risks to divers, an underwater zombie. Yep. And hope comes in the form of a great white shark. The zombie gets a few good chomps out of the shark before losing an arm, 
and the diver escapes during the battle. You know what would be really scary is zombie sharks. Yep. You know? Although, mm. the question would be, like, how could you tell a zombie shark from a regular shark? Yeah, they're, they're both sort of fearsome and dead-eyed looking. Yeah. They'd be a little dumber. Which ones? The zombie sharks. The zombie sharks. Dumber yeah. than regular sharks? I think so. Even. And more vicious. Like hmm. the zombie dogs so and Resident the, Evil. If the zombie shark stopped moving, would it die? It would be undead. It's already dead. It's undead. It's already dead. So that's oh, so no. You're saying no. Zombie sharks hover. Yeah, they could. They can lie down. Right. What we really need is zombie shark NATO. Zombie shark NATO. Oh, yeah. Triple, <laughs> triple threat. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like this guy. See, this guy yeah, is yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so our number nine has to be what I call some alternative medicine from George Romero's Diary of the Dead. The trio hurriedly enter an emergency room seeking dire medical attention, only to find the doctor and nurse busy chomping on entrails. Oh, I hate when that happens. Mm. Well, they empty their gun on the doctor, they take him down, and then they realize they need to get a little creative with the nurse. So they grab the nearest defibrillator and zap both sides of her head, causing her eyeballs to pop out and boing all around her face. Fascinating. That's awesome. <laughs> well, while we're in the hospital, let's take the elevator to the psych ward for number eight. In Return of the Living Dead, humans interrogate half a zombie and attempt to delve into the psychological motivation. So the zombie strapped to a gurney, and the man asked a classic Freudian question. Eating brains, how does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. <laughs> <laughs> that was written and directed by Dan O'Bannon. So uh, moving right along here to some dirty dancing with our number seven, Shaun of the Dead, by Edgar Wright. After trying to beat a zombie with pool cues for a few minutes, the survivors try throwing darts at its head. Missing the zombie, but landing one in Sean. Yeah, but a three-inch metal dart in the temple is no match for Sean. He pushes the fiend headfirst into a jukebox, all while bopping to Queens, Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah, it's, mm. prob it's probably the dream of most Brits to be in a pub when the apocalypse hits, but I hope I'm in Coney Island when, when they strike, so I can do what Woody Harrelson does in Reuben Fleischer's Zombieland. In our number six, he combines two great American pastimes, riding roller coasters and blowing zombies' heads off with a shotgun. You really can't have more fun at an amusement park. There's a ton of great pills in that flick, actually. Let's stay with it for our number five. This cute little nun lady trots ever so gleefully back into her church, being followed by a groaning and moaning zombie. Just as he's about to grab her, she pulls on a tiny lever, and as if God himself helps her out, a giant piano falls out of the sky and pulverizes it into the pavement. Amen to that. Death by piano. <laughs> Yep, and number four really has to be the celebrity death match game from Zack Snyder's 2004 remake of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Definitely. Okay, here's how to play. First, choose a celebrity. Two, scope out a zombified lookalike. And three, gun them down from the safety of your rooftop, sniper style. That's game over for undead doppelgangers Jay Leno and Burt Reynolds. Our number three doubles is a great way to light your sig when you don't have a light. It's from another George Romero flick, Survival of the Dead. Hmm. Yep. Patrick is the ultimate badass zombie slayer hmm. when he punches a zombie in the face. Then he shoots a flare into his mouth, burning him alive from the inside out. And just as the zombie's head bursts into flames, Patrick nonchalantly saunters over and lights a cigarette, takes a slow drag, 
And then chucks him overboard. What a guy. As you do. Yeah. yeah. What a guy. But one of the most amusing zombie kills landing at number two is from Juan Carlos Fresnadillo's 28 Weeks Later. It's what I call the true killing fields. For sure. I mean, lawn maintenance is the scourge for most homeowners. But in this film, the field is overrun with the walking dead. So, using a helicopter as a weed whacker, Whoa. a pilot massacres hundreds of zombies like last year's harvest. Wrapping up our list of awesome zombie kills at number one spot is none other than Peter Jackson's Dead Alive for the mother of all mowdowns. Lionel lifts up a lawnmower and shreds up a mob of zombies, turning them into gooey mulch. They use 80 gallons of baked blood to make the scene, gushing out at five gallons a second. <laughs> and those crushing sound effects were pretty cool, too. Well, that should resuscitate your love for zombies, and if it doesn't, there's always that defibrillator. Job. It was incredible. A very excellent list. Very excellent list. Very excellent. Very excellent. I wanted to ask you a question now. Yeah. Here's a question that mm. keeps the Baron up at night about oh. zombies. And I should know. <laughs> Are zombies supernatural? Mm. Or or not? Mm. Where or what do they get their power from? That's an excellent question. They're not, first of all, it's different in every film, right? Mm. Some films, they have these super, power, super strength and stuff, but they're not supposed to be supernatural. They're just the undead. So are they demonic? They're, they're demonic, then. It's well, just, they have a, they're from, from demons from somewhere within the Earth control them, or outer space, mm. or inner space. What's keeping it, like, we know in a vampire. zombie movie in space. We know. Just Baron, Baron, have you ever seen a zombie movie? I have seen plenty of okay. zombie films. Yeah. The original zombie, the vampire, Dracula, right? We know he's supernatural. <laughs> so we know he's supernatural. You're making a cinematic error again. What's what's the what? The vampires and zombies are completely unrelated. No, I, oh, they're yeah. completely unrelated. Logically, do tell. Like, you you live in a castle. You don't know this. Listen, listen. <laughs> this may be a castle, but it's a zombie. There are no he, zombies. He here. saw he saw a zombie movie last week. That's right. Okay, we That's went right. to the Dallas That's Cinema right. and we saw. She's just not yeah. in that. No, that was. It was oh wait. Uh, she's <laughs> out of your league. That's what we saw. Plenty of zombies. And the, the audience was full yeah. of zombies. And did you see no strings attached? They were they were yeah, brain dead. These yes. people more brain dead than the people who produced it. Probably. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I think, guys, what he's getting at is, you know, uh, aren't, aren't the zombies, uh, do, they have, they, they can be undead just with no explanation, or sometimes it's like a virus? Right, so they're not really the undead, it's they're just, you know, infected with some form of it keeps them rage, alive. that's what it was in 28 yeah. days later and 28 weeks later, it was a rage that they were infected with. Right. In World War Z, it was actually a virus that they had. Yeah. Mm. And like crocodiles, that makes them just totally perform on instinct only. They just need to eat brain. And they're they're mortal. They're they, mortal. Can be they can be killed. They can be stopped. So their power, though not, they're not like a regular. It's not like they've been infected. They're not like rabid, where they're just no. a human acting out of control, gnawing on things and going crazy. They're beyond that. They have a 
They can exist really without consuming the calories it would take to roam around clawing over buildings, turning over cars, and looking for food without getting any food. That's what I'm getting at. I don't know, boss. That's I what think keeps it kind of depends on the movie. Like, vampires drink blood. That's where they get their power. And they have a supernatural power. But as David pointed out, they're two di different things. If vampires drink blood. Zombies eat brain. And, or flesh. In some movies. Not in all movies. They don't eat brains in all movies, right? That's what was their downfall in 28 Days Later, what, 20 days later is that they didn't... They had no method of surviving, so they all just died out within okay. 28 days. Right. Well, Walking Dead, those zombies have to eat. They yes. gotta eat. They mm -hmm. have to be fed. Yeah, but they seem to, the Walking Dead, the, the walkers, they seem to be, they just, they, they seem to be, um, like, immortal until, like, they're just gonna stick around at a very low level until somebody, you know, bashes them in the head. I think the Walking Dead is definitely uh, guilty of what you guys are talking about. Really boring zombie kills. Mm -hmm. like, a lot of boring zombie mm -hmm. kills. A lot of head kills. Yeah. A lot of head kills. Mm. Yeah. We have an instant message here from Paul E. of Manhattan. Paulie. Why did the zombie buy a jet ski? Huh. <laughs> he wanted to enjoy the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Our next up, uh, we're going to discuss here Carrie. Whoa. Carrie 2013, Carrie 1976. <laughs> and uh, I know that uh, both of you have seen Carrie from 1976. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great movie. What are your thoughts? You like that film? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, one of the best. Classic. Beautiful love story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that there have been several adaptations of Carrie? There's several. Several. Yeah. Besides the 76 feature, there was an 88 Broadway musical. <laughs> there was a 99 feature film sequel, which I saw, called The Rage, colon, Carrie 2. Yeah. Don't, don't forget the uh, afternoon uh, cartoon that came out at the Muppet Babies. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. From 1979. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's a 2002 television movie. Which really? must have slipped beneath the radar somehow. No kidding. Never wow. even heard of that. And of course, the 2013 one we saw. So, right. the 2013 remake is really the fifth time this has been done. Wow. So, oh. we summoned the ghost of Pauline Kael. Oh. Who wrote a review of the original Carrie in 1976. That's true. And she had a lot of interesting things to say. Yeah. She said, and I quote from the Ouija board. <laughs> which Henry faithfully transcribed. <laughs> there are no characters in Carrie. There are only schlock artifacts. The performers enlarge their roles with tinny mythic echoes. Each is playing a whole cluster of remembered pop figures. Sissy Spacek's Carrie goes to Bates High. Norman Bates ran the motel in Psycho. Mm -hmm. And her gym shower scene is a variation on the famous Psycho shower. <laughs> right. <laughs> After Carrie's fall from grace, she's a teenager gone bad, an avenging angel with a fiery sword. At her command, fire hoses stand up like hissing serpents and attack her schoolmates. And she moves through the pandemonium with psychedelic grace. And everybody knows what a fire hose is supposed to symbolize. <laughs> That's right. How long did it take to spell that out on the Ouija board? That was the first hour. Dude. Okay. 
That was two pencils. Dude, it was like that transcribing was like the monologue. Now, now listen, it gets trumpet player who's ninety four years it old gets with Alzheimer's. It gets interesting. Trying to tell you how it was at the Cotton Club, like in nineteen twenty nine. Was so long. <laughs> Though few actresses have distinguished themselves in gothics, Sissy Spacek, who is on screen almost continuously, gives a classic chameleon performance. She ships back and forth and sideways, a nasal whining child pleading for her mother's love, each word scratching her throat as it comes out, a chaste young beauty at the prom. And then a second transformation when her destructive impulses burst out and age her. Sissy Spacek uses her freckled pallor and whitish eyelashes to suggest a squashed, groggy girl who could go in any direction. At times, she seems unborn, a fetus. I don't see how this performance could be any better. She's unearthly, a changeling. Her acting range is demonstrated in the scenes with her loony mother, played by Piper Laurie. They're marvelously matched. The skinny, croaking Carrie with her long, straight, reddish gold hair and the right woman, with her mass of curly red hair and deep pipe organ voice, mm. are beautiful in such different pre-Raphaelite ways that their scenes go beyond the simple mother-daughter conflicts of the rather crude script. Right. This is a short scene from the original Carrie. Oh I'll be playing Piper oh Laurie's part, <laughs> Margaret White, oh and Henry, One, my two, three, four, five. will be playing the part of Carrie White, Sissy Spacek's role. The sixth Thick sheets, thick sheets, sick. And action. You haven't touched your pie, Carrie. It makes me have a pimples, Mama. Your pimples are the Lord's way of chastising you. Mama? Yes? Ah, uh, Mama, please see that I have to start to get, uh, to try and get along with people. Whatever are you going on about, Carrie? Have you been showering with the other girls again? I... I've been invited to the prom. Prom. It's next Friday, and... It's that teacher. It's the one that called. She'll be sorry. I'm... I've accepted, Mama. I have accepted. The closet. No. After all you've been taught, Carrie. But everyone isn't that bad, Mama. Everything isn't. Go to your closet. Go to your closet, Carrie, and pray. Ask for to be forgiven. Ah! Uh, okay. I'm fine. And sing. Now we have Carrie 2013. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. See? See? So. Patience. Butler, go back. Sorry. So. <laughs> Sit down. All right. All right. Are you okay, Henry? I'm good. Just a little water there. About my whistle. 37 years ago, a relatively inexpensive horror flick launched the career of a young writer into international stardom with a screen adaptation of his first book, Carrie. 37 years after Carrie was released in 1976, Carrie was remade, and perhaps we should be wondering what is being launched here. At $30 million, Whoa. the producers must have great ambitions for this film. The original Carrie cost $1.8 million. That is $7.4 million adjusted for inflation. I was just going to ask that question. That's four times as much. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now, new co-writer, Roberto Aguirre Sarcassa, whose major credits include Glee and Big Love. What? 
Yeah. Was obviously brought in to bolster some of the themes that might perhaps... What themes? Like the, that, what, the breaking in the musical themes? Just listen, right. just listen right. to this. They might perhaps cast uh, Carrie as a superhero origin story. And to augment the tween appeal of the movie star, Chloe Moretz. The original adaptation of the book was done by Lawrence Cohen, and they have largely modeled the new script on this original one, with variances being to cut down the role of Margaret White, Carrie's fanatical mother, and to add more PK per square inch than the original. Mm. Carrie uses her powers early and often, and in the climax, uses them like a demented wizard, comfortable and with sadistic relish. Uh, I notice also that parents in superhero films are often bland, and I'd like to put that out before I finish. Mm. Is that that's that's sort of the way it is, isn't it? Parents in superhero films, yeah, they often like, bland down the parent to make the child shine out more, don't they? It's like in uh, Ghost World, their dad was Bob Balaban, bland. Even sound Balaban, bland. That's close, right? <laughs> Um, that's not a superhero film. It's a comic book. I have a good question for the Baron. Yeah. Did they? Did she earn the sadisticness by the end of the movie? You mean sadism? Um, that <laughs> I, that is an excellent question. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to some Chloe but, and Rhett stuff. But, here, but we but, can wrestle. But, <laughs> we can. We can go toe to toe. No, we we I'm, can't. I'm I glad you sprained my ankle <laughs> pulling you up from the dungeon. <laughs> as, the as the Callow professor said, I'm glad you asked that question. Now, yeah. let me just uh, continue on this review. Sorry. Moritz is a little too pretty to play the outcast, so her performance is inward-drawn, what you might call adorkable, if I'm using the word mm -hmm. correctly. She hunches forward and looks around like a scared puppy. The star herself is 16, whereas Sissy Spacek was 26, almost 27 when she played the role. For the role of Carrie's mother, Margaret White, Julianne Moore stepped into the shoes formerly worn by Piper Laurie. Laurie herself was close in age to Julianne Moore, and she played the role in 1976. Where Laurie was soft, sensual, and wildly unpredictable, Moore imbues her Margaret White with a cool detachment almost disassociated from her surroundings, Moore. emotionally electrocuted. Moore her base is drawn and stricken. Sorry. It's fine, Henry. There is almost nothing left of the actress's sexual appeal in this austere performance. Now, this works against King's written role of the guilty zealot tortured by her own lust, that conceived a daughter. Again, one can't fault more. Her role in the story has been reduced to that of an inconvenience for her daughter, instead of the monster in the house the book portrays. King famously said that of all the film adaptations of his work, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining was the worst, or at least his least favorite. Mm. He sold rights and is entitled to his opinion, but one wonders what he will think of this year's release of his first book, Carrie. Mm. Now, did Carrie, did Chloe Moritz earn the sort of superhero stalking down the street, lifting off the ground, nostrils flaring, and just like killing everybody? Killing everybody. Did she earn it? Did the things they did to her? Did did they use the same mechanisms for uh, you know for of the hazing to right. get her the to the bullying? The, well, I have a question. When yeah. did she turn into the car? Oh, no. Right. <laughs> Henry, that is um, a different that's... film entirely. That is a different DVD. Oh. But it's like a high school thing, right? And yeah. It's like a, there's a guy who's bullied and... Yeah, Henry, that's... There's a girl and there's a car. Yeah, that's Cujo. Oh, 
Butler makes all right. Butler does make a good point. There's a lot of Stephen King plots that sound the same. Yeah. Both carries involve have the have the bullying. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Christine has but the in the new carry, they've reduced the mother's role, they've cut down the role so much. And I might add, to answer your question, David, in the first twenty minutes, had Carrie lift her mother off the ground. Right, so she gets she's right away. Now, in the old right Carrie, yeah. you're, you, when you first see the, the original film, you can't believe Carrie hasn't been killed by her mother before the prom. Right. Because the mother seems much more powerful. In fact, we don't even know where the power, where the telekinesis comes from. It could come from the mother for all we know. But, so, but again, once yeah. again, the original Carrie, yeah. you sort of, it, it's really dark. Very dark. And it earns, she, when, when she starts hurting people at the end, you're almost rooting for her. No, well, I don't know about that, though. I mean, she def- it's definitely an overreaction, even yeah. in the first one. I mean, she ends up burning, killing people who were actually on her side. Well, there's innocents that get killed. But like on the, purpose. The antagonists. Like, yeah. she kills everybody on purpose. Mm. At the end, yeah, she loses yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is more like Zap with Scott Bayo. That yeah. is a fascinating point. Because, <laughs> like, a Scott Bayo reference. That's the first Scott Bayo reference on his podcast. Well, uh, I listen to my news about I'm just saying, like, when he springs his powers on his parents and it's not that far in, like, they don't, they don't really care that much. You know? when, <laughs> when Carrie does not, in both and in the book, Carrie does some research on her own power. She doesn't really know where it comes from. She Google it. She Google it in the, the new version. Uh, no, in the she goes and does a little research in the library, oh, okay. and in the old one she goes through a card catalog. The thing is, when she un- when she in the when the pig's blood is dumped on her mm. in both films, mm. at that moment in the old film, what happens is a power is released through Carrie. She's like the conduit for it. It comes out of her. In the new one. It's almost like she's in full control of these superhero powers, and she literally points at things and lifts things up with her hands. In the original, she stalks through like a grim, bloody ghost, mm-hmm. the, 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 the gymnasium, while things are going haywire. It's almost like once the power has been released, she does it, it's just out there. That much rage is going to be released through this power. It's, 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 it's a little less out of it's a little more out of her control. So much more. A little less like a superpower. It's like it's not a, it's not a super. In the old one, it's yeah, not a, a power she could even control. Haunted. Really? She's haunted by this special power in the old one. In the new one, it's like she takes it on as her own and claims it and owns it. But, but so, in the old one, yeah. doesn't she follow them out? The two people who are trying to escape in the car. Yes, she so does she, in the new one too. Yeah, so she actually follows them out because she wants to kill them. Yeah. So she does actually want to kill these people. Yeah, good point. She does. So there is a little bit of rage. Yeah. And so what did, she, what did, what did we lose from the mother? You said that that seems like the the mother being a menace to yeah. her daughter in the yeah. in the first movie is part of why we believe that she could be a little off. You know, Carrie herself. Yeah, Carrie. And so yeah. that her overreaction makes a little more sense. Yeah, the mother. What they. Uh, I can't stress enough, by the way, how Julianne Moore was a no-brainer. Uh, she's the perfect person to, to, to have, and she did a, she did a, with what they gave her, she did a great job, but Excellent. her her performance is so 
cool and detached. And then when you take cutting out all of the wild scenes where she's beating her daughter with the Bible, yeah, um, just the the power that the the duets that the original performance had between the mother and daughter are an entirely different nature. Yeah. Carrie's in control. Is from the, the mother uh, a bit of a religious nut? This she, she is, but you would walk if you've never seen the first one. Yeah. You would not walk out of that theater with such a specific idea as to who that mother is. Yeah. Uh, in the first one, they also have her. Her day job is she raises money for her Bible uh, charity, yeah. door to door. Yeah. And they have this frightening scene where you see Piper Laurie with another woman of her own age, and you see just how different she is and how the community feels about her. In the new one, she runs a dry cleaning seamstress business. Interesting. Uh, so I'm not sure. What is the what is the horror that is represented in terms By dry of cleaning? Well, yeah, dry it probably wasn't an yeah. organic dry cleaner. No. Okay, I think we know that. That would you know, yes. maybe it was a little bit of a mad. Because habit. what dry cleaning does is horrible. Horrible to the environment. Well, and it's also you know what else is horrible is that what dry cleaning does is it creates a need for you to think that you have to get your clothes dry clean. Okay? Like one thing, it's like a snake eating its tail, you know? All right. Is another horror <laughs> image, you know? Did like she, like did what she have any was it the chicken or was it the as a butler? Did you even ask for a resume when you hired this guy? Look, you know. I mean, how much are you paying him? Henry, that's between me yeah. and, and it, 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 it's, it's, it's sizable. It, it's sizable. It's coming sizable. Right. Right? It's a performance based job. Okay? Yeah. This could turn into a lot. Okay? <laughs> this thing goes somewhere, okay? Like, are, you know, somebody's going to be a star. Get your driver's license yeah. back. Are you, Henry, yeah. Henry, yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you an intern, Henry? You don't have to answer that question. Uh, the butler title. I am officially a... I'm it's all right. No, this is starting to make a lot okay, of sense I'm here. I'm a butler turn. It's a lot of sense here. I'm a butler turn. Okay. Uh, um, it's that's the official title. I don't think okay, you should okay, have to apologize. You know, I don't see what the big deal is. A lot of people have worked jobs like starting out low on the totem pole. Okay. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld. An eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard. All right, guys. Okay, go ahead. Since, since we're doing the Night of Horror, um, I wanted to talk about um, a, uh, a horror legend, John Carpenter, who's the writer-director responsible for... The Halloween franchise, right? He's responsible for The Thing, Prince of Darkness, The Prince of Darkness. Look at the butler chiming in. Yeah. Look at this. Okay, they live. Okay, he's a horror legend, right? But he's also responsible for a little cult masterpiece called Big Trouble in Little China. Great I film. Love that movie. Yeah. So this is since this is Halloween edition of the script, I wanted to talk about the monsters of Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Of course, the main story is about Jack Burton. Right? And his buddy Wang entering the underworld, the San Francisco, Chinatown, and battling Chinese mafia factions, having kung fu showdowns, and eventually developing somewhat superhero-like powers to battle the sorcerer David Lopan to get their girlfriends back. They steal their girlfriends. That happens. That's right. 
But in and, who, between, and who plays? And who? And tell us who plays the uh, the title role, Jack. It's Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Wow. The inimitable. The inimitable. Yeah. You can't. Don't try to be like him. You'll just get hurt. Don't get somebody with a name that sounds like his, like Carrie Russell. That's not gonna do it. Henry, no. Jermaine. Try to be Jermaine. Jermaine Russell's not gonna do it either. <laughs> but in between the main plot, you get sprinkled throughout like an assortment of monster archetypes and some straight up monsters in this, you know, ostensibly kung fu movie, right? Yeah. If you start, I'm gonna start with the latest example, right? The Three Storms. The the, the 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 all powerful Chinese assassins with the rice field hats from old China. You get thunder, yeah. rain, and lightning, right? right? They arrive in this green cloud that's somewhat reminiscent of the the Ghostbusters cloud. Yeah. From, uh, the original Ghostbusters. Eighty four. So which hazard. which one yeah. came first? Yeah. Oh, Ghostbusters did. The Ghostbusters were yeah, first. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Eighty four. But you know, green cloud is not completely original. You no, know, no, I'm they, just saying. They've occurred supernaturally before, as you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the green cloud is the thunder, is part of thunder, the big guy, the storm's powers, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, lightning is interesting. Uh, he's the prototype for Raiden in the Mortal Kombat series. Yeah. Okay, rain is a little bit boring until his flying sword fight with Wang in the finale. But mm. thunder is like a real monster. Like, this is the guy whose special power is expanding his yes. body. He's sort of like... Grows like that's he, he's kind of like a Hulk, but works right. Yeah. And he's the only one who talks in it. Yes, he's the only one who has Ray words. Your to write. Exactly. And you might arrive to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the perfect yes. impression of bad English <laughs> by Thunder, this yeah. storm in Big Trouble in China. Um, so, but he expands, but and, and the, you know, that's his power. And at the end of the film, like he overexpands and turns into a a horrific bloated ogre thing, yeah. right, steaming through the nose, who explodes into like a saucy green trash, right? <laughs> so it's like a bit of monster, like in the middle yeah. of this kung fu movie. Yeah. Um, next up, I had, you know, uh, there's this theme of all these Chinese hells, right? That's part of like the Chinese mythology, right? They've got the hell of boiling oil, the hell of the river of ashes. The hell where people are skinned alive. The hell of the Foxconn factory. The hell of the vast cult, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, the hell of the holy dragon. And Eddie at one point goes, you know, uh, anyone who shows up is going to join Lem Lee in the hell of being cut to pieces. The Chinese have a lot of hells. So, but in the film, Jack and Wang, you know, when they first enter the Wing Kong Exchange, end up in the hell of the upside down sinners, right? So, yeah. and this place, it's almost like a bunch of zombies. Right? Oh. Uh, this thing, right? Uh, the, the script yeah. describes it as always night here. A thick bamboo ceiling, chains running down from its rungs into an underwater chamber where the bodies of the upside-down singers hang by, sinners hang by their feet, right? Ooh. A house of horrors nightmare where our hero, heroes swim desperately searching for air, uh, tangling with the ghastly sinners coming eye-to-eye -eye with puckered, anguished faces. So this is just like under, underwater horror. Right? Yeah. In the middle of your kung fu movie. Um, so, David, what what about um, so in a, in in a kung fu movie, the ones are they referencing? There were a lot of seventies kung fu films that had supernatural elements in yeah. them. Jackie Chan was in. Not the Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee films are all straight on revenge. That's films, right. That's right. Jim Sawada. So yeah. So where this one's more of like a hero's journey, where like they're yeah. they're going through. 
try, you know, a Jack Burton's fish yeah. out of water, and they're going through yeah. all these like uh, yeah. mythological stages, right? right. So this is where the real monsters happen. Once right. they go down into hell, like they take the elevator into hell, yeah. right? It's good as an elevator. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's what we call metaphor, Butler. Oh, right. The metaphor elevator. So now you know they they start. At, so they start out in Chinatown's underworld, but then they get underground, right? And is that uh, a metaphor too? Mm-hmm. It's like, the same. I mean, one. Like punk rockers. <laughs> See, you should never you mention the word metaphor. Now look what you've done. You yeah. made a monster, literally. Well, I mean, you give a guy. What a I dictionary. like about that is, like, you know, the framing device is right, let, the same thing. Let, as let the David continue. Show or describe it. Let him. He's just getting to the juicy Sorry. part. Sorry. Yeah. You can do another impression soon. Hopefully, you need to do more impressions. Um. What's, What's going they, on, Wayne? What they do with your girlfriend? Yeah, what they do with your girlfriend? I love that. So, yeah. um, once they get down into uh, the script calls it the spirit path, which is like they're 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 finally in the castle of Lopan, and they're they're walking around, they're ready to go to battle, and <laughs> they turn around, and there's this like there's this we, finally like a real creature. It's this leathery sphere dotted with eyeballs. That right. to me is the weirdest part in the whole film. It's, it's so weird. It, and Lopin's controlling. Yeah, he can see. Lopin can see everything through the eyes of this guy, right? So the, the, this thing Baseball flies, eyes flies into the foreground, breathing, right? You know, following Jack and the guys. And you know, Egg Shen turns around and he says, uh, he sa and he says, "I'm the past come to haunt you, Lopin." And Jack Burton's just like. Oh my God! No, <laughs> what is that thing? Like Jack Burton can't believe that there's a monster He's in this movie. He's still incredulous. He's still incredulous. What? Oh my God! Does he shoot it? I think he shoots it there. Yeah, yeah. and then he, just, he decides to take a shot at it, and 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 the and the and the, and the thing flies away, and everyone looks at him like, like why are you shooting? Are you he can't just yeah. shoot it. It's a magical thing. He's like, you never know till you try. <laughs> So then, uh, but it, I actually, you know, it's like, so that's a real monster. You get this real monster with, like, like eyes and stuff, all right? But then the big, the main, the, the biggest monster in the film is, happens a little, we meet him earlier on, just as they're rescuing the Chinese girl for, girls from the Wing Kong Exchange, right? They're on their way out, so it's like everybody's going to free. And then out of, out of nowhere, Gracie Law, get, who's, who's, you know, Kurt Russell's girlfriend gets snatched into a door. Kim Cattrall. Right, Kim Cattrall. Kim, Kim Cattrall. The lovely Kim Cattrall. With green eyes. In her 20s, I think. <laughs> I think. Back in the day, yeah. So this but is like, she this gets, is like in the She gets snatched into a door, like a hand coming out of nowhere, like a filthy, matted red hair, you know, puts his hand over her lips and her mouth and, just, and like pulls her inside. And, and the script reads, Gracie Law in the clutches of the most horrific creature thing Abomination you ever saw, an unnatural monster of myth and legend. That's that's not they, that's not very good if that's what the script said from what they did. Yeah, it's not done. It's the, not over. It's stomach, not over. The stomach that chopped up the hand in the thing that Kurt Russell had already made, that creature's a lot more scary than the the Bugs Bunny red-coated gossamer creature who yeah. grabs Gracie Well, the creature creator is responsible for it. Right? That's true. But there's mythology to it, because they call him a Chi the Chinese wild man, made of flesh and blood, with long, twisted locks of fire-red hair, yellow teeth, and yellow arms. 
times, mm. right? So later, the wild man is like has powers. He like he can jump around. He's like a, like strength and powers, and um, uh, and he he takes Gracie and he jumps into the the abyss again, going to another level of like hell. So to me, the Chinese wild man is one of the he's like the main most obvious monster to the film. Yeah. The last thing we should talk about is Lopan himself. Yeah. Right? Who played in Blade Runner, the designer of the android's eyes. I designed your eyes. In the, in the, in the ice room. Are you Another, Nexus 6? I designed your eyes. That's that's like cold. two offensive impressions in one podcast. Thanks, Chris. It's hit the character who's playing was a, a cold Chinese man. Nailed it. Right? What did you problem? <laughs> oh, God. No, that's from. He said it, not me. So, if I played the recording, would you be offended? The obvious. You can't have a more diminished accent than this already that Henry has. Give the man a break. Okay. Lopan's the godfather of Little China, okay? But he is, he's kind of a monster himself. He's, he's pretty much a demon, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, he's super tall. He's, you know, he fires blinding light and power from his eyes and mouth. He floats. He collects green-eyed princesses, right? He's not corporeal until he transforms into the decrepit, you know, extremely old-age Lopan demon. Still looking for the right girl after 2000? Exactly. Yep. Wow. Now there, and, and there's, so there's all this, like, magic, and don't forget the enormous coke nails, right? Whoa, what? The coke nails. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? These yeah. are, like, cultural and That's China, what they were for. But they're also, like... In demon 80s. claws, demon yeah. claws. So, you know, and it was the eighties, and coke nails were. It was the eighties. Was it just so on the pinky? Was it his whole hand? Two, no, just two. the pinky. No, in the beginning, it's two. It's just, it's especially long on the pinky. He's got regular nails, like, like, like a, like, like a one inch, but on the pinky, he's got like a three inch. And then he bat he battles Egg Shen with them. Remember? Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the source of his power. is the coke now. Yeah, peasant magic. <laughs> Accuse I'm abusing exactly. peasant magic. Oh, but uh, yeah. So, so to me, it was all it was all about the monsters of Big Trouble in Little China. So that that film, for being a satire, a goofy film, there's actually a lot going on there. It's serious, man. It's serious. Pull it off. Yeah, Kurt Russell pulls it off. The guy Wonderful. who plays Wang's excellent. Excellent. You know, I love the way Kurt Russell is a handsome badass, but he's completely inept. He is out of the big fight scene. He shoots himself out of the big... He shoots the ceiling and bricks fall on his head, and he mm -hmm. drops out of frame. He's out for the big fight. But, but he's enormously courageous, right? From the fearless. very beginning, yeah. he's fearless, right? Like, it, they, they, steal, they steal the girlfriends from the, from the airport, and Wang turns them... Who's, who, Wang is just kind of like an acquaintance who yeah. owes Jack money, yeah. and, and, and Jack, he says to Jack, I can't ask you to come with me. He goes, where are we going? Tell me where to go. Yeah. You know? Right. Master. And, uh, Master. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that it's really a satire. Okay. Because if it was a satire, it'd right. be more like Naked Gun, you know, like when right. everything mm -hmm. would be funny, but in this thing, like, there's, like, dramatic stuff, there's adventure, there's actual, you know, like, places where you think people are gonna die, and there's horrifying things, okay. and there's, like, a love story, you know? So what do we call it, Henry? Well... It's funny that you say that. I have an answer for that, and it's it's not a good answer because I thought this movie was not good. But some people in Hollywood who probably got fired after this movie came out 
called Arachnophobia, a Thrillomedy. And that's not a... Thrillomedy. That's great. not... Does not flow trippingly it, off the tongue. Thrillomedy. Yeah. Thrillomedy. It, it takes it a, an executive to come up with something that stupid. But uh, there is some kind of genre that we should try to put our finger on that is both... That flickers in the serious and the comedic at the same time. Mm. Which is not unlike, and maybe this is an influence, the drama of Sam Shepard and his stage plays of the 70s and 80s. Now that's... I'm, I'm blown talking. away by that, and now I, just, I don't have anything to say. Now... I'm serious. To... I think... Baron, I, I'm... Yeah. I think, I think your butler knows more about film than you I do. think my butler knows a lot. In no. fact, I think my butler Henry, knows. Why Henry, think I was wondering... Yeah? I, I have an opening on the next podcast. Oh, yeah? About a three-minute segment towards three, the end. Three-minute segment. And I was wondering maybe if you would be interested... Well, you know, I mean, I got doing, I promises. I get started off by calling it Henry's Corner. Whoa. <laughs> I like it. I like that. I like it. I, like All right. that. I got a good thing going here. And it comes, it comes, actually, it comes with... Uh, 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 with, with with oh yeah, you, you get an it intern. Comes with a... <laughs> you get an intern. Good, good. Can I dress the intern like uh, the like the Baron? I think you can dress him like a little girl if uh, you want to. All right. Like uh, on that note, um, I think we've I learned. Would, I would never leave you, Henry. Your loyalty has never been. In doubt. It long. should. It shouldn't be. Yeah. My <laughs> loyalty is good. not in doubt. Good. good. Okay. Good. It's not in doubt. What did so, we learn about? We learned about. We learned monsters. about. We learned about zombies. We learned about Carrie. We learned about the monsters. We learned about telekinesis. Big trouble in little China. We're trying to forget about. The PK. We learned about. We're trying to forget about the PK. I agree. Okay. This has been a live broadcast from the Baron's haunted castle. <laughs> a special presentation of the script, the official broadcast podcast of the New York City Screenwriters Collective, where you can tune in for the best script doctors, the best scripts, the best analysis. Let's face it, if you're not tuning into this, you're nowhere. And you're nobody. And you're nobody. So somebody, you know. Henry, nice outro laugh. Read just... Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And you my graveyard smash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Mash.